Well, hello and welcome to episode two of The Corridor of Certainty, Sir Geoffrey Boycott's very own podcast. I'm Charles Dagnall, and this week we're in London. We're in the big smoke, the capital. Rather than last week in Leeds, they've given us an extra episode. How about that? Sir Geoffrey Boycott, nice to see you. How's your week? Very good. What have you done? What have you been up to? Not a lot. Um, oh, I've done one thing new. Go on. I've learned how to put the bins out. Oh, my Lord. This is after last week, after episode one, we learned how to uh, load and unload dishwashers, albeit potentially not in the right way. But it's a start. You've now done the bins. Yeah. And I found out you do different colours. It was green this week. Ah. And it's uh, black and brown next week. Uh, one for the rubbish. <laughs> what's, what's the brown bin? <laughs> That's the garden rubbish. But what's if the green bin? The green is plastic and paper. Right. Recyclable. And the black is just normal waste. How far do you have to drag it? Mm, 20 yards. <laughs> it's another thing to hey, add to your CV. it was chucking down with rain and all. You've done And well. I had to bring it back in. Is that another thing that you have taken off Rachel's to-do list? Yes. Your lovely wife. I'll try and learn something every week, everybody. I think that is very, <laughs> very good. Well, of course, uh, we'll be talking cricket in a few moments' time. We still don't have a sponsor uh, as yet. This is still open for any person who would like to come and sponsor us. And we will be talking all sorts about the week that was in cricket and, of course, looking forward to many other aspects uh, in the world of cricket. Thanks for asking me about my week as well. It's been a good one. Uh, <laughs> I've, had, I've had a good week as well. I've done a couple of rugby dinners, actually, mm. a couple of lunches. Jason Leonard, heard him speak, and Martin Johnson as well, former World Cup winning captain. I, I must admit, hearing great players, whatever the sport... Sir Jeffrey, it matters not what their sport, if they're great in their given sport, listening to their stories and their anecdotes, there is yeah. just, there's nothing better. You want some anecdotes, some stories, make you laugh, but you also want something informative mm. because they have been to the top, haven't they? There are things that they've seen, done, heard, been involved in that are just as interesting as the funny story. Well, that was the good thing about it, actually. They talked about the, the 2003 Rugby World Cup and winning that and what led up to it and, and of the anecdotes surrounding that and post-match, etc. But actually their thoughts on what's going on right now. Mm. Um, Martin Johnson now a pundit. He used to be England team manager, but a pundit now. Jason Leonard's still involved with the, the RFU. I think it's I like great. England rugby manager, the head coach. He's, Eddie Jones, what I do you like, like about him? He's very clear about how he wants them to play, and he's not going to change his mind. He might listen to people, but he's got a clear view. And you have to have that. Alex Ferguson had that, a clear view of what he wanted with his players. He didn't want them to be angels off the field. He knew, you know, but he, what he wanted on the field and how he wanted them to play, how he wanted them to keep everything in-house, not go out and talk about it, talk in the dressing room, talk being... Keep it in-house. And he seems to be that way. He seems to know exactly what he wants. And he's aware that in sport, you can be very good individually and collectively, but there are things that happen you can't plan for. Mm. Sometimes things do. The elements sometimes are a refereeing decision or the stupidity of a player. You can't plan for that always. But you can plan for a lot of things. And he seems clear thinking. I was... I was lucky I, I met him at the Oval last year. Last test match he came, didn't he, before the World Cup. That's and I right. was coming out of the BBC radio and he'd done an interview or something and just said hello to me and chatted. 
I found it quite interesting. I watched it. I watched what he does. I watched the internationals a bit. And <laughs> I like his interviews because they're always trying to get him to say things and he's not going to say he them. He is liable to, to just nudge something out so that the copywriters can, can get their headlines and the like. But and they I'm don't lucky. quite get exactly what they want, though. <laughs> what they get is what he wants to give them. Well, and I much. feel sometimes he's playing with them. They're trying to play with him, but he's playing with them. Can't argue that he's done it for a long time in a variety of different uh, clubs and and, and and internationally as well. Uh, got England to a World Cup final, so hey ho. Anyway, that was that was my week. But thanks for asking. Anyway, <laughs> you don't care anyway. We got it, whether we liked it or not. I know. I was giving it to you. Um, Let's talk, uh, right at this moment in time, England are just about to start a T20 international uh, against South Africa. We will cover that in next week's podcast. Uh, But let's talk about the week that was on the field for England. 1-1 draw in the one-day international series. One game rained off. uh, That in Durban. Did we learn anything? What did you take from from those couple of one-day internationals, Geoffrey? Not a lot, really. I can see what they're trying to do, that they trying to give one or two players a rest, major players that are definitely going to be there when it matters. Every game matters, but some more important than others. When the World Cups come round and the World 2020, you're not going to play without Ben Stokes, are you? You're not going to play without Joss Butler. Of course. Not if you're brain in your head. But they can't play everything all the time. And too, people need time off. They need to refresh not just their bodies, but it's their mind more than anything. For me... The mind is more important than the body. If you're refreshed, you feel good, you're looking forward to the cricket, then you make better decisions. Then you can go on to talent, ability, technique, whatever. But you have to be ready in your head. Clear thinking, make good decisions. I can see what they're doing. I feel, still feel a bit that it's a bit disappointed. Morgan advancing down the pitch to, to whack the seamer and got out to Hendricks, didn't he? Mm-hmm. There's no need for it. I know that's the way he likes to play. He believes in this gung-ho, positive attitude, not let the balls dictate. But hang on. I actually believe in play sensible, assess the situation, is how I put it. And he's always saying about attacking and taking the game to the opposition. But I always say, when I was playing, think, play to the situation. That's not play defensive. That's not gung-ho. Use your brain. A thinking cricketer is a better cricketer. Always. Owen Morgan will counteract that by saying that it's the natural way he's played. It's proven successful in the past. It's led England to a World Cup. That would be, I I assume, the response. Yes, and I would say, I didn't tell you not to play like that. But Bairstow had virtually won the game. It wasn't a big score, you know. And the pitch, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a big score. He got 43 off uh, 20-odd balls, didn't he? Yeah, 23, yeah. And again, wow, he's actually made that total 200. And 250 overs. Nothing. I could get that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, let's be let's be honest. So then there is no... If you attack going down the pitch, then there's a chance. You're giving the ball a chance of getting out, and it did. And if you start losing wickets, then you just might lose the game by being a little foolish, a little bit over-attacking. And that's all I'd say. Just crept to it in the third one-day international. They, they just had that little run um, of, of wickets towards the end and there was a mm. bit of a wobble, but they managed to Hey, if to Denley had got line. out, Denley got out for his 60-something, they'd have lost. I can't see those tail-enders getting those 60 runs. 
Well, I, I tend to disagree. I think there's a lot of batting down in that that, no, that no, lower no. order. But, but the great Yorkshire all-rounder ain't there, boy. They got rid of him, didn't they? He's gone to Surrey, Andy. Huh? Well, Andy. All I'm saying is that I thought that you know that is one aspect of England's one-day international cricket. And what was nice, nice to see Banton get a um, a run in the in the side uh, to get a debut because you mentioned about the rent, the resting of players and, yes, and that's important, to. but it also gives you an opportunity to take a look at one or two as well. Banton and Parkinson both made their debuts, Lancashire leg spinner in the first one day international I and Saqib Mahmood thought he bowled really nicely. I know he only got five overs in the third one day international. He made his debut there at Johannesburg, but I thought he bowled very well. Yeah. One for 17 off his five, bowled with good pace, did a little bit, got a beauty to get Reza Hendricks out. And he's one I was really keen to have a look on because I've watched him a lot at Lancashire last year, had a great Royal London campaign. And he's another one of these bowlers that makes things happen. Good pace as well. Lively. I think the best thing for England, the most important thing was they tried one or two new players because people rested and they won. If you can try people and win, winning becomes a good habit. What did the Vince Lombardi say, the Green Bay Packers in the NFL? Winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. And the trophy for winning the NFL is named after him, the great coach, Vince Lombardi. And that's important, that if you can move the team around and players and still win, you keep that positiveness, that confidence up in the players. And it's actually quite a lot easier for young players to come into a winning side than if you lose. No, no, it is. It's a lot easier if you're coming in and learning the game, getting used to it. That's why, let's say I'm critical of the new guys. I want them to play. I want them to have a number of games. If you can pick a guy and try to give him a few games rather than one game and out and what, if he gets injured, that's different. But you want him to play a few, get continuity. Get used to it. And it's also about the environment that's created as well. You talk Absolutely. about a winning side, but that has a lot to do with Owen Morgan and, and the way that he's moulded this team ever since the previous World Cup in, in, in Australia. Oh, it was dreadful. Um, but, it, you know, he's moulded this team in, in sort of his image, if you like, along with Trevor Bayliss and helping England get the World Cup win. And, and you mentioned... The fact that they're coming into a winning side, one that has a, a you know quite a relaxed but focused you nature about it. They have to win. And if you're a world champion, like if you won the league at football, teams are always going to come at you a bit harder after that. So you've got to up your game 10% because they're looking your champion. Oh, we can knock these off the off the top of the wall. Yeah, you've got to do it. You've, you've got to up your game. You can't stand still. One thing that never really seems to change... And it was lovely to see them bowl again in tandem in the third one day international was Adil Rashid, Moeen Ali and one day cricket. They, mm. for me, dictate more often than not whether England win or not. They're, they're 20 overs between them. And I well, thought I, I thought they both bowled beautifully. Yeah, they do bowl well together. A lot of spinners have done through the past. It, it's history. Adil Rashid, I thought they didn't read him too well. Mm. Even the left-hander, who was the captain and the best player, Quinton de Kock, he, he didn't read him. No, no, he's playing shots against the spin and what have you. And one or two of the lesser players didn't. Such a big factor is wrist spin, providing you can drop it. You're not going to give them one four-ball every over from a long-up or a full toss. If you can drop it roughly round about a length, some people never read it. You can take them in the net, show them film, and they're not good at it. And if they don't read it, 
it's a big factor then for a wrist spinner to get on top of them and get wickets. And wickets is everything in one day. If you can get wickets, you start to put the skids under the opposition. It's not just about denying the runs. Get wickets. Keep getting new batsmen who have to start. It's a big factor. Adil's been rested for Sri Lanka, though, isn't he? He has. And, yeah. and, and, and oh, that's all right. It's test matches. It's not one day. He's not. He doesn't seem to be over keen on playing any more tests. And if he's not keen on that, you can't make him. You know, it slides us nicely, actually, that that topic uh, specifically. And by the way, we will cover the, the T20 internationals that have been uh, taking or that are taking place over the course of this week. Really looking forward to seeing some uh, uh, some of the performances out there. But the big news this week is that England have announced their squad for the Sri Lanka Test Series. Two tests, first one starting on the 19th of March, so not a huge amount of respite uh, for the internationals. The main headlines, Ben Folks. And Keaton Jennings are included in the side. And there's no Johnny Bairstow, no James Anderson, no Moeen. And still, because of injury, no Rory Burns and no Jofra Archer. So, what's the main headline in your, from your perspective, Geoffrey? Well, I know what it'd like to be. I'd like folks to keep wicked. If Butler's going to play, I know he's been picked on thing. I'd like him to play as a batsman. Johnny Bairstow and Butler have had a tough time in test cricket I mean be honest and be really frank doesn't matter if you like him or not Johnny middle order batsman for Yorkshire and England played great then for a year you know he's been poor so they've rested him haven't they that's okay yeah that's okay I'm not against that Josh Butler God, he's got the place and he's not made any runs for a year now I know he's, he's had his rest from these one-dayers. But I think the kid deserves a go because he got 100 last time in Sri Lanka yep. and played very well. And these two haven't done it. And you can't just pick people say, oh, well, he, he used to play great. <laughs> Sorry, that don't win the match. We are performers. We are professionals. We have to perform. We don't have nine-to-five jobs. We, our reputations depend on runs and wickets. It does. It's a fact of life. And coming with that extra pressure to perform comes all kinds of bonuses today, money-wise, and people look up to you, don't they? As a figure in cricket, Absolutely, a big figure. Yeah. So you have to perform. And I think uh, Ben Folks deserves to play. I hope he does. Uh, whether he will, I'm not the selector. And I'd make Butler work for his place. So you've had a rest. Now, come on, work. It's runs we want from you. Personally, I think Johnny Bester is a better wicketkeeper than Butler. And I'd hope for England's sake, eventually in the near future, Butler can start getting runs and be the destructive player low down in test cricket that he can be and is in one day. But he's never quite done as much in test matches. By the time he gets in, he's sometimes batting with the tail. And if I had to be brutally frank, He's not that great against high-quality bowling in Test cricket. Get it up around his heart, his chest, make it awkward. His front foot, he gets on the front foot and destroys people in one-day cricket. People aren't bowling bouncers so much in one-day cricket. They get widered easily. People have a doubt at it, don't they, and so forth. But in, in Test cricket, you've got slips, gullies, you can get in for the second new ball. And his Test cricket has been... 
up and down. Doesn't now it's been down. And Johnny Bairstow doesn't deserve to get back. I hope one day he will get back. His technique and his form, because he was a huge plus for England. He's batting lower down against quicks, anything is good. And I think he's a slightly better wiki. It's only my opinion, but I think he's a slightly better wiki. Keeper. Of the three you've mentioned, Folks, Butler and Bester, I don't think there's any doubt that the best keeper of the three is Ben Folks. He is widely regarded as the as the best keeper in the country. That's, is he? Yeah, absolutely. Has he done it at test level? Has he kept at test level? He's kept in Sri Lanka. Kept All in I'm Sri Lanka. saying is that's Which an is opinion. Which is not an easy place to keep. They're entitled to an opinion, but if you want Johnny Bester's wiki keeping, it hasn't been bad. It's his, wiki, it's his run scoring that's been poor for a year. His wicketkeeping has been very good. When he started, people said, oh, well, he might have missed that or that. But no, he's actually... Uh, I would still argue, just a personal position, that I think Ben Folks is a more natural keeper. I think he is, uh, rather than where Johnny has had, and he's improved immeasurably from where he started, but from a natural keeping perspective. And I think players and, and pundits around you know, would 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 possibly say, and, and I'm one of them, that Ben Folks is a more natural keeper and a little but bit can more Can he get sturdy. runs against quick? Well, he got runs absolutely. in Sri Lanka where the ball is low and it's slow and it, and this, it turns. That's and this fine, but back. there aren't too many countries that have pitches like that. In test cricket, you've got to be able to play the quicks. If they're not real quicks, pace, they're lively, fast medium, move the ball around and high quality, especially with a new ball. That's why I'm saying about Butler. His footwork isn't that great against good bowling or against the short ball. You know, his technique could be better. And so, if, if and it's a big if, both of them were playing well, Johnny and Butler, I go back to Johnny. But, and both of them have to find their run scoring though. Because they're not going to get in the one-day England side or the Test match England side. They don't get runs. So Butler has to get runs. Butler's got 150 in his last 19 innings. That was since... Uh, 19 innings and yes. he keeps getting peaked. Uh, uh, that was since the World Cup. Ben Folks back in Sri Lanka last time they went out. 277 runs at an average of 70. But this is the, the flip side of what we're talking about. There is no recent form to sort of judge them on. The only one really is is the county championship. And, and folks didn't have a great county championship last year. 575 runs at an average of 26. He had a very good one previously. Are we getting almost, I mean, maybe England have been forced into it due to the nature of, of the lack of form of, of Joss Butler. And, and before I talk about that, let's just quickly go back to Johnny Bairstow. This idea of him being rested. Now, that's what's been said in in the media from, from the ECB, that Johnny Bairstow has been rested. From what? He's not picked. It's he's simple. Not, he's, he's not, I, don't, I don't like that. If you're dropped, surely, you know, it would be better to, to sort of say, but to give the impression of being rested. I think he does need a rest. Look, he's been to Sri Lanka. He went to New Zealand, didn't he? I think so, and yeah. And played from... the one-dayers, not the tests. Then he went to South Africa. He's been carrying drinks carrying and doing drinks. things, but he's been doing match, yeah. nets and what have you and all that. So you're still there. You're not at home getting mentally fresh, doing something different. And then he's... He can't keep going, you know, to countries and travelling. They gave Butler a rest from these one-dayers and he's a fantastic one-day player. So they have to find a way to keep people sharp as well. So it may be that he does need 
mental rest and then he's got to start the season with Yorkshire and get some runs. If you're Johnny Bairstow, though... Yes, he might want to play. Yeah. But sometimes captain selectors have to think for you. You're not your best judge of what you should do. He can't just keep going to nets. It gets boring. If you're going to nets and not playing, it gets tedious. And you, you lose the freshness. Uh, there's no anticipation there. I think you go to nets five days at a test match, you know you're not playing. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, it's, it's, it's soul-destroying. Yes, it's right. You, you don't get picked. Somebody else is better. But just doing it, test after test, and being there... No, I think that's all right. I, do you think it'll do him good, Jeffrey? Do you yes. think that, that, that yes. having the rest and then going back to Yorkshire in the early part of the season... I think it'll do him good to know him. that he's not automatic. And that's what I'm saying. I'll get the right word about Butler. He hasn't done it now for tests, yet we're taking him back for tests. So are we going to put him in after how many innings? 150 in 19. Hang on, that seems right. It seems as if he's automatic, but he ain't making any runs. You're only automatic if you do well, you know. In sport, that's when you're automatic. He hasn't done it. So he should be the reserve and a new kid should get the go. In a similar sort of state, you know, arguably Josh Butler needs a rest as well because he's been well, he's pretty had one. much... Well, I'd have given him... I wouldn't have taken him to Sri Lanka at all. I'd have played Ben Folks. I wouldn't have taken him or Besto. No. Well, I believe that... I, I think that Folks is going to get the nod. I hope another, so. Another... Um, Entrant, who has been recalled into the test side, is Keaton Jennings. Again, a decent record in mm. Sri Lanka. Got a big 140 of the last time he was out there. There's no Rory Burns at this moment in time. Is That selection has obviously been the fact that he plays spin pretty well. Does Keaton Jennings, your thoughts on, on his return to the fold? It seems to me it's a selection to help them try and win because he plays well. A sort of horses for courses yeah. type of selection. I don't see him, if he gets runs, as coming back in front of the three. The one injured playing football. Daft. <laughs> You're still on that, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Daft as a brush. I suppose Rory Burns is probably similar, but carry and, on. Uh, and the two that need to be given more chances. Not too worried about them um, in Sri Lanka. It's very different to anything you get, but... The two have done well, Sibley and Crawley, deserve to play in England with Burns. They deserve to play, all three of them, and carry on. Could there be, when you talk about Rory Burns coming back into the fold and when that happens, we're not quite sure when, it, when his recovery is, but is there also a little bit of pressure on the spot of Joe Denley if Keaton Jennings does come in and oh. do reasonably well? Maybe another well, name in, in the Lanka for a number is, three, Je three Denley's under pressure in England. From the three openers. They'll play three openers, not him. He's very good in one day. Excellent. He's got good performances. But in test matches, it's so-so. It's okay. It's not bad. But it's not It's not really as good as you'd like, is it? You, you want him better than that. So he's the one that's going to be under pressure in England. So wherever happens in Sri Lanka, I don't think it's going to matter that much to about Keaton Jennings or Denley. Okay. Personally, I don't think it's going to matter. Um, I, I, again, just a personal. I'm a big fan of Keaton Jennings. I think he's a really, really good player, and I think. Well, he is at your bowling. Say again. <laughs> it would most be of people your are. Most people are. When I was bowling, <laughs> incredible. I know their averages was ten it. better than, than I mean, any other you, county. Listen, figures rarely ever lie. And just read his figures. Anybody yeah. go and look at him. They don't lie. You get in against a difficult bowler. Get in on a difficult pitch. Fine. You get in sometimes on a good pitch. 
<laughs> where it's great to bat, don't you? And so it works its way out if you play a number of tests. If you only play a couple or one or three, and you might just be unlucky. That's why I like to see selectors really study players and then make their judgment that we're going to give this guy a number of tests. That's my judgment. I've watched him, not, not just off the cuff, really study him. That's what you should do your job. Right, I'm going to play you. Like Walter Robbins, as chairman of selectors, did to me when I first played. He said, Jeffrey, we've just got five test matches. I've got a series to win. I'm going to try and play you three. You definitely get two. And if everything goes, I really want you to play at least three and see where we go. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to get six knocks nearly. I know, five or six. Anyhow, I don't like kids. We had a period of people coming for one test. In the 90s. Well, the, the bad old days of... It was like dots on dominoes, weren't it? it? There were that many in and out. Absolutely. I couldn't remember who played what test. Well, the summer of 28 players, I think it was, and, oh. and four captains. I mean, that was during that period as well. And thankfully, we won't... That's to... not selecting. That's looking at averages. Who played well last week? That's not being a selector. At least the people since Ed Smith's come in, he's tried to make judgments. His judgment, and it should be his, not mine, not yours. I can give my opinion. But he's tried to watch players and see, I think he can do this job. And most of the time, he's done well with it, him and his selectors. I mean, Jennings, I'm sure because Burns is injured, he's taking Jennings. He looks around, who else can we take, yeah. what have you. I want Bairstow to rest. I don't want him there just hanging around. I'll take that. And I think it's like you say, it's just for this series. What I'll be intrigued to see, and I know I'm thinking far, far ahead, but if you're Keaton Jennings and that is the way that England see you in a horses for courses type of player who does play spin very well, a half decent series here against Sri Lanka. might go to India next year. May go to India next year. And that's yeah. got, that, that might be at the back of the mind. The just, bigger question is, the bigger is, why haven't you improved your technique to play quality scene bowling? You've moved counties. Who are you doing your work with? Who are you doing your work in the winter to improve your technique? You've obviously got something, right? That's what I'd be asking. Who do you work with? What do you do? Tell me. If I was chairman of selectors, I'd be up there talking to him. I said, I want to see. And who's what to say doing? they're not? No, but and I'd want to know why isn't he improving we shall wait and see how he performs. Well, it's like Johnny Bairstow. People say, let's come back to that. Johnny, I've known years, Rachel and I. His dad was big friends of ours. Shame when he died. You see, Johnny is getting bowled with a big gap. Huge, isn't it? And that comes from playing one-day cricket up front. We all know what one-day cricket is. Even if we haven't played it, you have to go at the ball and score. So they're going at it from first ball. Hard hands, firm, after the ball, boom. If I get it through the inner field, there are no sweepers in the first 10 overs, I get fours. Minimal slips as if well. If I get a thick edge, it flies off. Fly. If I've gone hard at it, it'll fly, won't it? No slips to catch it. It's actually a good shot. Everybody claps. Oh, it's gone through second slip. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow, great shot. Four for England. Everybody cheers. Actually, in the test match, that's out. On your way. Like that duck who gets naught. On your way. <laughs> totally different. And he's done brilliantly. I'm not good. He's done brilliant. Like Roy. England's two openers are fantastic in one day. But playing like that, hard at the ball, and on top of that, 
he's decided to stay a little bit more leg like side. side. Yeah. So he opens up the hole offside. Why is that? Because most bowlers, nearly every bowler's bowling around off stump, give or take, just outside, making it do a bit. So you want to open up the offside. You have to take a risk. You have to take a chance in one day cricket. No slips. We've said that. No sweepers. Wacky. And he'd done that successfully, right, Roy? And then if the ball's straight, you just hike it, don't they? But if you go hard at the ball and play it way in front of your body and your head, your eyes, then there's bound to be a gap between bat and pad. And if you stay leg side more, try it, and then go hard at the ball around off stump, there's a bigger gap. You could drive my car through it. So there is the simple plus and the minus of what he's been doing, getting away with it brilliantly in one day. Then when you come to test cricket and play like that, you're gating yourself. The bowler doesn't have to do anything but nip the ball back now and again. And you get an inside edge or onto your pad, onto the stump, something. So it's not difficult to solve. It's difficult to understand, Rachel and I, why he doesn't talk to me over the years. Well, we're friends with his mum, his dad we were, and him. It's simple. He has to get closer to the ball and play the ball later, not with firm hands. Close up the gap. That's not telling him to play. I've, I've never heard me say, don't play your shots. They never heard me say, don't do this. I'm not big on the negatives. I'm big on what you can do to positively make a difference. And so you get closer into your stump, so you're playing straighter down the wickets, not at an angle, and you let the ball come to you. You play close to your pad. It's your second line of defence. And the closer you can get to the ball, more you can get your head over the ball, your eyes are on the line of the ball, a less chance of missing it. And it's really simple. And then the big factor of all, the biggest factor of all, is mental. You have to get it into your head and dissociate from one day to test match what you're playing. They play that much cricket these days that having to change so often. That I accept. One, yeah. I never had it. People of my era, and that is quite different and difficult as well. Very, very different. They keep changing every few weeks, a different type of tournament. But he has to change the technique, the way, but he has to change the thinking. The mental side of it is more important that I'm going to play this way. This is... I'm not trying to cream it through the offside. I'm not trying to cream every ball. So there's two things there, technical and mental. He does that. I hope it happens for I really do, because when he is... Everybody hopes it happens. He's such song. a lovely lad. He's, he's, he's a fantastic player. He's a wonderful player when he's yeah. getting going. And we've... Uh, Majority of the stuff I've seen has been in the main when commentating has been on one day cricket, and I mean, it's devastating when, when in form. There's no bowler I'm sure can bowl against. So I, I really hope that the rest does him good and it does England good and it does himself. It, it, it good. will be good, but he has to change the mental side when he's going to bat and he has to change the tech. He has to understand what he's doing, yeah, to do it better. You Keep have to understand it, it's simple if you understand it. You remember Graham Gooch in 89? Yes. Alderman kept Alderman. getting him out. LB. Go and look it up. He averaged about 10 in the series. Right across that front pad. Yeah. And he asked me for help because I battered with him a bit. I was at the end of my career. He was started a bit with good friends, very good friends. And Mickey Stewart was the manager. And Mickey asked me for help. Mickey's fantastic man. He's no ego. 
not afraid to ask for help. And he asked me and I got them to Headingley. Six lanes, put all the nets back, got a camera straight down from where the umpire was, a camera at point so you could see the footwork better. Got people to bowl and then stopped it after a few balls. I said, here, come and cup of tea, sit down, watch this. I had to play it back, stop it. Can you see this? Look where your leg is. Look where your bat's coming down and got it down. We go see again and have some more balls. Then stop, come, let's have a look. Can I see that fourth ball and the fifth one as well? And today it's easy because you can see things. Years ago, we couldn't see anything. No. We had to depend on our right. colleagues saying, no, no, you didn't get far Now all there. the analysis is instantaneous. As soon as something happens, you can... Yeah, you can that's why it. you see so many batsmen, actually, the television I go for cameras. a golf lesson and, and he's trying to tell me something. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> like, you know, no. Well, he says, just look at this, Jeffrey, on the iPad. Yeah, you need to see it. And my wife says, you're not doing it. You're doing this. I said, no, I'm not. Because you can't see it. Well, maybe that's it's... why she's 13 games to three up yeah. over the course of the winter, Jeffrey. Sorry to oh. remind you of that. Continue. Uh, I let myself <laughs> in for that, didn't I? Don't think I don't forget. Mm. And it's hard to believe when somebody tells you, but when you see it, television, video, iPad. No, really, do I do that? And that's all I do. I take Johnny in the nets and I do all that. And it's simple. He... He has that much talent to be a destructive player because he has been in Test Match Cricket. As the other one, Josh Butler, is such a destructive player in one-day cricket. Mm. And I'd hope that both could get back to, instead of trying to make Butler the Test Match one and best of everything, you have to decide. It's very hard to do everything in this modern age. There's that much cricket. It's totally different. And they're all trying to rush off to Big Bash or IPL and get a pocket full of money, aren't they, as well as play international. Which you can understand. I, I've no problem. Yeah. I understand. You just can't keep on the merry-go-round all the time, else you're going to fall off. Yeah. And that's what has happened to Johnny Bairstow. He's fallen off. Butler's fallen off. They've been on it for a long time. And the merry-go-round goes round and round. And in the head, your head gets spinning. It's not thinking properly. That's the first thing. In any game, and particularly batting, because one mistake, you've had it. That's it. Not like golf, you know. You take a double bogey on the first hole, you've got 17 holes to play. It's easy. It's not that difficult. Oh, one could argue bowling. You, you get hit for four, you've got another five. Correct. And I understand that point. I said to Nick Faldo once, many years ago. And just pick that name up. Hang on. I said, I said, he's... <laughs> I said, your game's easy compared with mine, buddy. Really, Jeffrey? He's not really, but I mean, I said, I said, you take a double bogey first hole. You've got 17 holes then to go and rectify it, get a birdie here, an eagle there, and finish the game. I said, I nick second ball. My day's ruined. I sit in the pavilion watching some bugger else who's half as good as me bat all day, and I'm finished. Yes, I said, I'd like to see you, all 156 of you, is it, playing a tournament every week. The first time one of you takes a bogey or a double, you're out of the tournament. Let's see how many's left on the second evening. <laughs> he said, I don't think there'll be any left on the first day. <laughs> he just laughed, Nick. I said, look, I know it's, I know golf's not as you yeah, are. trying to show yeah. that you do get more opportunity that same round. Batting you don't. So I hope Bairstow and Butler get back. 
because I think one has made himself in one day, but he, if he's going to play both, he has to change let's, mentally. Let's move on. Uh, just quickly on the bowlers. Uh, no, Anderson, understand that. They want to have him fit for the you summer. You can't take him to Sri Lanka. No, he's, he's not, not going to be a big factor. No, and also that no seamer is. He'll want to go, but he it's right. I think that's well, a completely definitely. correct decision. And if he gets injured in the summer, he's finished. He can't keep on. He can't at 37 keep getting injured. And always, he's just played a test and then he's injured. Before that, the Ashes, it mucked us up in the first test. We yeah. had a one bowler. He cannot do doing that. I don't mean. I don't mean he means to do it. No, no, I don't mean that. No. I mean, if you're captain, selector, what have you, you're going. If he breaks down again early in the summer in a test, you're going to go. Hang on here. Wow, wow, wow. I can't keep picking and. Just because he wants to get to the magic well, 600 I, I figure, I don't know is about that. Is it I'm, 800? I'm, I'm, it's I mean, not no, that many wickets. I can't remember. He's, he's, he's going towards 600. But I, I subscribe to a slightly different theory. This just my own opinion. But I think if he's fit, especially in England, he plays. And if he is... If yeah, he but is, he can't keep breaking down. Sometimes it happens. He is 37. But he's, he's you know the best bowler we've gotten. Best bowler we've had in the last 20 years. I just think that if he's mm. fit, and it's especially in England... He plays. He does. No, yes. Joffre Archer, he has been left out because of this stress fracture to his elbow. Now, this is, of course, concerning news. We had a good conversation in the first podcast about the roles of Wood and the role of Archer. And this elbow seems, it seems to, I'm no doctor, but it seems to be caused because of the hyperextension. When he his arm comes over, he's actually quite a flexible guy, and that hyperextension of the elbow, and that seems to be where the stress sort of accumulates, as well as that whippy wrist that he's got. So that's a concern, not only for England, uh, his from a personal standpoint, he'll miss out the IPL as well, uh, and be hopefully ready for the start of the, uh, the test summer in England. But that said... Reports also have come out from uh, the Indian press. The head coach, Andrew McDonald of the Rajasthan Royals, might be wanting or might be thinking that they may see a little bit of Archer. Well, they can't see him. He's under contract to the ECB. Yeah, you well, can't have it both ways. He's either fit to play test matches, then he can go to the IPL, or he isn't. little unfair on the player, isn't no. it? From having... having no, no. In, no, 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 not, not from... But having your coach at Rajasthan put a little bit of pressure oh, on you. Pressure. No pressure. The ECB will deal with that. Just so he's not available. He's under contract. You have to get permission from them of to course. go. So yeah. it's, it's simple. It's just a storm in a decoy. He's not fit. That's it. Finished. They can say what they want. Don't don't even bother about it. Move on. Speaking of rest and players that maybe should have been rested, and you did touch on this in the first episode of the of the podcast, is treating your fast bowlers with care, Mark yes. Wood yeah. and Jofra Archer. And you suggested, funny actually, that Chris Silverwood, maybe it's a Yorkshire thing, uh, but Chris Silverwood came out in the press. He didn't listen to the podcast, but had he have done, it was actually after we recorded it, saying about one plays one game perhaps and, yeah. and Wood plays another and going off what you were yeah. talking about in the first episode. I would like an ace fast bowler in every test I've got. Mm. And if I've got any doubts that they might break down and then not be available for weeks, I'd do what the Aussies did. I'd just be careful how I play them. I definitely want one fit. And so I would, I would treat them with kid gloves. I'd be careful with their ace. It's like playing cards and you've got a couple of aces. Wow. They do anything, don't they, aces? And same with fast bowlers. They do everything for you. So 
You just got to get him fit and don't worry about India, IPL, big bashes, anything else. He has to get fit to play. Doesn't matter about them. I just wonder if the rest will do him good as well, actually, after a really intense period of cricket since coming into the England side uh, throughout the World Cup and the rest of the Ashes and, and, and the winter as well. I just wonder if actually it's not too bad a thing for him mentally to have a break. Well, the other one who's, I wouldn't say the right word, he'd take it the wrong way, who doesn't want to play Test cricket yet is Moeen Ali. Moeen. I was going to ask you about Moeen. I don't because... know how to say it because... Uh... <laughs> Can't say it's mental or anything. It's just he's not ready. And if he's not ready, he's not ready. There's no point in pushing it. I mean, as long as you just say to him, somebody just privately, quietly, and I'm sure they have, Moin, we'd love you to play. You know, we'd like your bowling and what have you. But if he's, we'd like you available for selection. But if he's not ready, and you can't force people. Is it a worry a little bit that Moin doesn't feel like he's ready to to return to, to test cricket? No, I think... Look, if you don't want to play, England will be lucky with Don Best and Jack Leach. Mm. Leach is going to come back, surely. He's back after il- illness, yep. And, he, and they've also picked Matt Parkinson from, from Lancashire. I thought he did well, the leg spin. I'm uh, not sure Sri Lanka is a good place to bowl leg spin, because it's so slow. But maybe they want him around and uh, around the team and the ethos of that and keep him involved. But I think if, if things went to plan, they wouldn't particularly queue up for the leg spinner to bowl. I mean, Shane Warne's bowled in Sri Lanka and exactly pulled up any trees. And I think he's a <laughs> he's been the best leg spinner, if not ever, certainly for a long time since Bill O'Reilly, hasn't he? And Claddy Grimmett. Mm. So <laughs> I think England are fine with Don Best and Jack Leach. I think it's a great opportunity for them too. They get lots of bowling. He's there if needed, but it comes off so slow. We all know it's a little more harder to pitch the wrist spinner on a spot. And if you don't, then it sits up in Sri Lanka and says, hit me. Slightly wide, it sits up slow. You can't miss it. You could hit it with a cricket stump. So let's round up anything else that is occurring in the world of cricket that has occurred this week over in Australia. The Women's World T20 about to start Australia winning a tri-series between England, uh, India and Australia. So uh, the World T20 just about to get underway and good luck to England in that. Colin Graves in line to be the next chairman of the ICC. A few words on that I think is worthwhile because someone who you know very well mm. uh, in Colin Graves, you've known him a long time. Jeffrey, your thoughts about him becoming head honcho at the International Cricket Council? I think there's a good chance it will happen. And uh, India have been in charge for a while. And it's really India, Australia and England that are the powerhouses of the game with India leading it. And I don't think India can sit in charge forever. It's supposed to be all the countries. It's the ICC. And it should pass around to one or two different people. I think he's a good guy. He he has opposition. Uh, That is uh, Imran Khawaja, the deputy chairman. Now, he is uh, the president of the Singapore Cricket Association, or was the president of the Singapore Cricket Association, whether he still is now, I'm not sure. But he's the deputy chairman at the moment. So they're the two going for it, head-to-head. One interesting fact about about him is that he is the first associate um, or from an associate country and there is more representation of the associate nations on the ICC board at the moment. 
If you ask this question in England and you ask this question in another country, it might come out with two completely different answers. But there hasn't been, over recent times, a huge amount of love for Colin Graves due to, from counties, and this is due to the 100 being sort of forced through, um, you know, there, there may be a little bit of opposition from those who regularly watch counter cricket and don't have, because they, they genuinely didn't want the 100 to occur. But they don't have a say in the vote. County cricket doesn't have a say in the vote. Well, they had to get it past the, the no, not in the ICC, but but why the, the opinions of Colin Graves might be skewed from that perspective? No, not a chance. He'll walk it. He'll walk it. Look, I, I don't see the major countries allowing Associate at this time to be in charge. They'd be frightened that far more money will go to the Associates, which will be out of their pockets individually. I don't see that happening. It's possible. But if you my podcast, you're asking me. Yeah. I think Colin's a good guy. I think he'll get the job. He, he only went to the ICC after the, the previous chairman went on our behalf, didn't he, Giles Clark? And very quickly became treasurer that's in right. charge of the yeah. finance. And that's probably the most important job after the president, who has the most power. And... He's not the sort of guy to throw his weight around either. He likes cricket. He used to play club cricket, Dunnington, York. Dunnington, yeah. He puts his money where his mouth is. <clears throat> he lent Yorkshire 18 million. Yes, he gets a uh, you know, a few percent back every year on his money, and so he should. But he lent Yorkshire money when they were in trouble to help buy the ground. Without his money, we couldn't have bought Headingley. I think... I think you get the job. I, I, look, I'm with you. I think he's going to get the job. And I think, you know, at this moment in time, someone who's represented associate cricket, when you consider that what they're talking about, the next right cycle, which goes from Absolutely. 23 to 31, uh, or 2023 to, to 2031. The other thing that people might not actually know about Colin Graves is that he wrote a very strong letter to, to Shashank Manahar, the... ICC chairman about the fact that when this rights deal was coming up, and I might be going a little bit too in-depth, so my apologies for that, but when this rights deal came up, there was going to be, or one or two had suggested an introduction of basically a world event, an ICC world event every year. And Colin Graves wrote a letter to them suggesting, no, that would disrupt the test Championship. So as much as people say, oh, he's not thinking about the longer form of the game. No, he actually, like he, test it, he does. It he was does that like because of the culmination of the World Test Championship and an extra event would have overshadowed that. And that was one of the uh, one of the major things that he was involved with, with the ICC in that he was adamant that test cricket should be marketed better, be given a higher priority and, and, and was pleading the case for it. And any counties that are against the 100 ball. I'm not a big fan of it. They'll still take the money, the six million over four years, won't they? Yeah. Or five years, is it? They'll take the six million and gladly, because most of them struggle to stay afloat. And always remember that they did vote in the end for it. So don't pretend that they didn't vote. They all voted for it. I don't think that's going to make a slightest iota of difference. It's going to be done at the ICC level. And it's going to be the major countries that are going to have the major say. That's India, Australia, England. South Africa will have a say. West Indies, they're the big people. New Zealand will have a say too. 
I don't see, I'll be surprised if it goes to the o- o associates. I, I, I agree with you. I think one thing is that Manahar's um, jurisdiction ends in, in May. And I think Collins, Colin Graves does at the ECB, but they did ask him to stay on for another six months just whilst. He finishes in November. Yeah, just whilst the. Uh, Should have finished this April, but with the 100 with ball, 100. it's one of his, you know, with the chief exec, he's staying on till then. Okay. He can uh, have a little holiday before he goes and works at the ICC. He can be rested. Uh, from, <laughs> uh, from from there on in, um, I mentioned the Women's World T20. Mm. Um, and that is occurring. First match starts on 21st of February. But one thing that has come out is that some would say, finally, there is going to be front foot technology used for no balls. Uh, for the first time in an ICC tournament, there is going to be an umpire specifically monitoring how things are in the front foot. I think this is probably more of a uh, an issue for the men's game rather than the women's game, but they're trialling it for this World T20. Is this, a, is this a good thing that you see coming into the game, Jeffrey? Another umpire for, for no balls? Because... What are the umpires doing at the bowler's end? That's <laughs> well, the first question. The, well, they're counting from six, they're counting to six and giving them out from time to time. Well, I mean, umpires used to watch all that and have done for years. They're supposed to. They've got a little lazy because they know if a wicket falls, automatically they check for a no ball, don't they? So they kind of, yeah, got into the habit of thinking, oh, well, if I miss it, it's not that important. You know, if it's a wicket ball, then it is. And television will help me out. Shouldn't be like that. Shouldn't be like no, that. I'm with you. They should watch it. It's easier to watch it when you had the back foot rule. Why? Just explain for people who may not know. Well, most people don't realise that we used to, for a long time, play under the the bowler's back foot had to be behind the stumps line, not yeah. the front batting crease line. And I played under that early on. Fred Truman was dragged about twelve inches, fourteen. Slightly, it wasn't a big dagger, but just a little bit. And we used to go out to to the middle and the umpires would draw a line behind the white line and say, right, Fred, that's yours. So I want your foot to land there. And then he'd look up and see where the ball was going. So they had a little bit more time. If you're only putting your back foot down, your front foot hasn't got down, they could look up then. And the most important bit is to see whether there's a decision to be made of giving somebody out or not. So they're just a fraction longer from the back foot line. Once they're watching the front foot, they're already virtually ready to deliver as the bowler. Once a front foot goes down, he's delivering. When on the back foot, he's still rocking back. The ball's in his hand. So there's a fraction longer to look up from the back foot, put down to, to focusing on length, line, wicket, so forth. So they've just got a little bit Lazy. Well, I mean that in the nicest way. I don't mean it nasty. To you why they changed? Do you remember why they changed that rule to, to from from back foot to front foot? Because I sit here and granted, only thinking about it now, but mm. can't possibly think of a reason as to why that wouldn't work again. Uh, there was a who had a little bit before that. Was it fifty nine sixty when England went to Australia under Peter May, and uh, there was a big there was. A, Mekif throwing it, left arm, and there was a rock, was a big dragger, and he put his foot down behind the, the the line, and then his foot became 
a yard down the pitch oh, because he's a big right. stopping lad. That started it, and it's like everything. It starts and it goes on, and people were saying, one or two in England, we're getting an unfair advantage that we're over the white line with the front foot and so forth. Uh, and it wasn't really true because Fred was given this line 12, 14 inches back, so he wasn't really overstepping on what would have been the front foot. But these things take a few years, don't they? They grow in people's minds, people talk about them, and they changed it in 1963, uh, where it was the front foot. I'm not a big front foot man. I know that Bradman liked the back foot and spoke about it. Richie Benno did, two iconic people. I'm not in their class, but I, as an ex-player playing both, I do have some experience of it. I was on the MCC World Cricket Committee, and Robin Marler was president, yeah. played at Sussex. And all these people, must have been 17, 18 people there, and I brought up, why don't we discuss about going back to the back foot rule? Better for the umpires, better for the bowlers, because if a bowler can look where he's going to put his back foot, then he's a little more time himself to think where to watch and look where he's going to Everyone pitch it. Everyone has that split second. It can make Correct. a huge player difference. and umpire. And I said, surely it's better for the game. We get better decisions from the umpires for television. And there was silence. And it was Michael Latherton who spoke up. And he said, Jeffrey, I think you and the president are the only people in this room who played under the back foot rule. All the people there. Yeah. Barry Richards, um, the former Zimbabwe coach of England, Andy Flower was there at the time. Different people, they'd never played under it. They didn't un understand it because they had no experience of it. So it kind of got, Doug Insull was there and he had a big say and said he was front foot and he was a big say at MCC and it kind of petered out. There was no real discussion on it. But I know Bradman, Benno, I follow them. I believe that it is better, but they're never going to change it now. It's just a little laziness, that's all. And I don't mean that nastily. I just think, what's a better word? Lazy, they've just got into a, a bad habit is a better way of thinking, well, if I, I really need to look up quick because I want to see whether he's nicked it. I want to see the LBW. So I, I miss that a bit because it's getting tight on me watching the bowler's front foot and then looking up and it all happens so fast. And so they miss an odd one because they don't want to miss the most important bit is as he nicked it, is it LBW? Is it missing the stumps when it hits him? Which tells me, if that's how they are, that the back foot rule would be better for everybody, but it ain't gonna happen, I can tell you that now. This is just a personal question uh, for my own interest. Is that why Jeffrey's bowlers dragged it? Was that, was that a, or one of the reasons yeah, why to, to, to sort of not gain an unfair advantage, but to use the rule to their own benefit, perhaps? Well, they the weren't law. deliberately doing it, just some people drag and some don't. But if you start not, your foot behind the white line where the stumps are, and you're a big, tall lad, which a lot of bowlers are, your stride is going to be over the front line. And when it got to O'Rourke in Australia, and they had it bad with Mekki throwing it, <laughs> and then O'Rourke charging down the pitch at 21 yards, and then you lose as well, it starts, doesn't it? Yeah. It grows. And it grew, the throwing thing about Mekif, that grew. It affected Tony Locke eventually. Tony Locke played 50 test matches for England, something like that. Locke and Laker, great bowlers. We found out through film, he threw it. 
his 50 test matches should have gone to Johnny Wardle who played 50 tests. He should have had 100. But it was at a time when throwing wasn't big. And then when it starts, it grows, doesn't it, in everybody? And uh... I did wonder, it was just just looking back, at, because in my youth, you know, the, the, the draggers of Jeff Lawson and Graham Dilley and Patrick Patterson, watching them, whatever happened to the draggers, because I don't see many of them uh, around nowadays. It, it... There's some people who bowled and dragged. And you didn't want the umpires to stop and bowling. <laughs> well, I mean, we've pretty much covered everything. Uh, Jeffrey. we shall cover the T20 internationals and speak more, no doubt, uh, about Sri Lanka. Now, this, we are going public with this. The, the, the podcast is now getting out there. It'll be on all of the uh, formats and the, for people to download. But really, Jeffrey, what I actually want to do is to delve into your phone book. We're going to get some... Rachel's in the room. Say hi, Rachel. Hi. There she is. Uh, she was there last time, uh, and she is here now. She's on about me taking the dustbins out. I said, we've done it. When we've already done it. I, or in, in a variety of different guises. He's adding to his skill set here, Rachel. <laughs> that is exactly what he is doing. And we expect something more and even more challenging next year. But one thing we are going to do, we're going to get your input, and that is you, the listener. Uh, we, we want anything you want to ask Jeffrey, I imagine it's mainly going to be cricket-related, but we'll throw the odd googly in there, see if he's picking them. Uh, and uh, we're more than uh, welcome for your input as well. We will let you know uh, as and when how that will happen, probably via the use of social media. We also want to delve into your phone book, Jeffrey. We want to delve into your phone book. Because you what? mentioned Sir Nick Faldo uh, just before. I couldn't help but notice that one. Um, but uh, we want to try and get some guests on your podcast, who would be your number one guest? If you could, if you could get a guest on here. Brian Clough, but he's not alive, unfortunately. For those who are, who would you like? Katy Perry? Is she in your yeah, phone book? She's Katy performing Perry. at the Women's World T20, you know. In Australia, yeah. Katy Perry is out. I'm surprised not to see you out there because of I that I can't draw. fly out there in time to see that. Well, I know, but I know you'd be a fan. I am. You're a Big huge fan, fan of Katy Perry. Yeah, but, yeah. but have you got her Very phone Very talented number? girl. Have you got her phone number? No, I know somebody who has. Oh, really? Really? (laughs) I know somebody who has. Definitely. Best best not to to reveal that. But can we at some stage soon delve into your phone book, your wide contact list of knowledge, and get some guests to come onto your podcast? This is your podcast. Okay. So we're going to try and get someone super uber famous. Mm. Yep. We can do that? Yep. Yay. We've got the go-ahead from Sir Jeffrey Boycott. Sir Jeffrey, it's been great fun. Really enjoyed it. So that's it for another edition of the Corridor of Certainty podcast. He's been Jeffrey Boycott. I've been Charles Dagnall. This podcast brought to you by Gospel and it's available on all the major platforms. We look forward to your company for episode three. Goodbye.